Do you guys remember how we were talking about Solidus is supposed to be like a point between melting. It's it's like a quasi state of matter. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh And then we got into like what well what would liquidus snake be? <laughs> yeah. I got none of Big Boss's cells. I'm just a dude. <laughs> he he wears two eye patches. <laughs> He's just the fuck up snake. <laughs> it wasn't from battle. This is just how I was born. <laughs> fingers yo this is vector hey everyone this is days ahead and i'm nitroid you're listening to the kojima frequency oh man oh oh i'm so sorry right he can't even that he's the ultimate boss because he's like he's got the handicap sticker on his car so you can't even attack him because that's just special forces now nah, i work at smoothie king <laughs> <laughs> it's like the post MGS4 world where Solid has died, Solid Snake has died and and moved on and everybody's moved on and they find out, "Oh, there's another snake and we could <laughs> we could use his genetics to create super soldiers and he could train our armies and they get to like the Smoothie King and he's just like, <laughs> "Hi, would you like to try our uh, banana fudge special? It's seasonal." Uh no, uh, <laughs> you're coming with us. And they just use like the really old genes that were like still around from like the original <laughs> experiments. So, like, I guess these are still good to work with. I mean, they don't expire or anything, right? Look, man, I don't know how to beat a Metal Gear, but I can make you a mean smoothie. How do you beat him? You, you literally turn the game console off and then he just dies. That's how I would do it. You want creatine in that? <laughs> yeah, and speaking of turning off the console... We uh, just had Metal Gear's 33rd anniversary, the most awkward anniversary ever. Right. And for those who don't know, the turn off the console shit did not come from Metal Gear Solid 2. It did not originate there. It actually came from Metal Gear 1, just to give you a little context. Wait, do people think that that started in MGS2? Probably. That's probably where like most people associate it with, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what prompted people to celebrate the 33rd anniversary. Is it just because, you know, the digits repeat? I guess. I, I, think, I think we just, like, celebrate it every year. I mean, that's pretty much what goes down. And it's amazing how many people misunderstood it as the 33rd anniversary of Metal Gear Solid, which it is not. Right. Yeah. That was infuriating. Like, I mean, the voice actors who worked on the game... Don't you guys know that you didn't work on that game 33 years ago? <laughs> you were there. I guess like the only person that was a voice actor that would have been in that the original Metal Gear would have been Solid Snake, though. So it would have just been him. Everybody else wanted to get in on it. Have a little fun. Still, somebody should have been like, whoever reached out and was like, hey, uh, Paul Aiding, you want to get in on this this thing we're doing for the Metal Gear 33rd? And then they got Colonel to sing, which made me want to stab my eardrums out. With yeah, the, that was with like a pair of scissors. celebrity singing Imagine. It just, it just was like, <laughs> shouldn't have happened, probably. They should have oh, just man, cut they that part. No, they should have just done that. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, what was uh, Cam Clark going on about? He was talking about how, like, this is about us. And it's like, actually, no, it's literally the one thing it's like, you is the one thing it's not about. Cam Clark, as big as a, of a fan I, as I am of him. It's a typical liquid thing to do, though, I guess. You know, make something about him. It's true. There wasn't even any concept about a family tree. There wasn't even a family involved. It was just Big Boss and Snake. Hmm. Retconned him right in. Yeah. You know, what's, what's ironic about the whole thing is that most fans that I encounter these days couldn't care less about the MSX games. That's a damn shame. I mean, there's really not much to care about, though. Those games were kind of th- throwaway. I know, like, oh, I know, fingers. You're a big ah. fan. I know, I know, you're a big fan, and we all know because you know, of your uh, your profile pic. Yeah. It, you know, but it's like it's a modified Gray Fox sprite. But yeah, go ahead. Look, Gray Fox is my favorite character in the series, right? But 
those games in a vacuum, if it weren't for the other games in the series to provide context, they they were kind of made to just be like, hey, here's a military theme game. You sneak around instead of shoot everything that moves. And the st- there's a story. It's not, you know, it's it's cliche and we rip off a million other movies that uh, that came before. But... Yeah. And yet, it was so revolutionary for its time. Yeah, I mean, like, you can sure. reduce any classic game down to that level. I mean, I mean, Mario was just about jumping and you got to rescue a princess. No, you know, where have we heard that before? Yeah, uh, that's why I, I don't think play fucking Mario. <laughs> Metal Gear was definitely innovative, <laughs> like, uh, you know, at, at that time for, you know, especially at the time playing NES games, you know, you've got this game all of a sudden it's like, oh, don't, if, don't just run in and shoot everybody. Okay, like... Right. That that was my Metal first Gear, experience, of um, course, you know, and it sucks when people confuse the MSX version with the NES version, but uh Right. And then you get to Metal Gear 2 and that's a a, a completely different beast from the first game. Yeah. Um definitely. Which, definitely. Inc- which incidentally, uh the 20th of July is the 30th anniversary of Metal Gear 2. So that one is pretty notable. Yeah. That's tomorrow. See, now that's something I can get down it's with. True, yeah. Yeah. Fingers, you should have just rolled with it and said we were recording this on the 20th. Who would have known the difference? <laughs> well, it is. It's Japan time. Uh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah. Good point. Just yeah. roll with in that. Japan, How about that? It's officially the 20th. But um, look, I mean, here's what I'll give the Metal Gear series. It didn't create. Well, I think we need to insert the uh, the Zanzibar land. Uh, the national anthem. Right oh, here. you mean we wish you a Merry Christmas? Yeah, we'll throw that in right here just for uh, respect. See, that's exactly where where the Christmas came early this year line could have fit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. After he kills those two guys in that room. Yes. <laughs> so Metal Gear, a lot of people, uh, I for, for a decade thought that the original Metal Gear created the stealth genre, um, but it didn't. Uh, Castle Wolfenstein in 1984 for the, the Commodore 64 was doing like stealth gameplay, really advanced stealth gameplay, like wearing disguises and avoiding detection. Um, but Metal Gear did popularize the genre because it, it kind of, it was the first game where the entire game was based around stealth. And it's true that games technically hadn't done that before, but it didn't invent stealth gameplay. And the stories are weak because you couldn't fit too much text on the, on the cartridge. So yeah, I, I don't, I can't fault anybody if they don't appreciate those games. My first exposure to those games was just reading the the summary in MGS one, and and that was essentially my bible for yeah. for how the story for how those those stories played out. And so that's, and so, that's why it didn't make sense if you started with the NES one because like if you read that instruction manual, you're like reading about Katafi and all this stuff, and then right. you know you beat yeah. that, and then you're like, wait, what 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 happened? Like I don't, I don't remember that. So right. that was kind of where, where I knew I was like, okay, something's not right here. And, you know, like back in the in the days of no internet, like I didn't I didn't know about the Japanese versions and all that. So like I I got to play the MSX versions, uh, you know, when Snake Eater came out with Subsistence. So you're welcome for that, by the way. Yeah. When I was when I was 14, I wrote a letter to Konami and I explicitly asked them to include Metal Gear One and Two with MGS3 before MGS3 came out. They wrote me back, and they're like, we got no plans to do that at this time. But then subsistence hit, and I was like, yeah! Yeah. Did nice. it for all of us. Thank thank you, Vector. You're welcome. Thanks, Vector. <laughs> so, yeah, happy, uh, happy birthday, Jesus and Metal Gear. Metal Gear Jesus. Snake was 33 when MGS1 took place, so uh, he's kind of a Jesus figure. I think my problem is that if you make a Metal Gear Solid movie, then, you know, the video game industry and the movie industry, they start looking at this game as like the standard. You know, they need to they need to get to this level uh, in order to to have a legitimate game story. Um, that you know, would be Mortal- ironic 
in right. if you think about it, given what Metal Gear Solid was trying to do. And that's exactly my point is, you know, I don't trust from what I've seen so far, and this could change at any point, and I'm welcoming him to change my mind, but I don't trust Jordan Vote Roberts to prove to me that, you know, he's not taking this seriously or, or, or he is. So just it's, to make sure I understand, <clears throat> it's your contention with this isn't so much the subject matter being put on screen as it is that you think that this is going to set the a, a stylistic yeah. precedent that is not going to be positive. Yeah, th- I think that I think that sums it up. It sets a precedent like you know, it's going to it's going to reaffirm all the people that that think, you know, Metal Gear Solid is the greatest story in video games. They they sit side by side with all the Kingdom Hearts fans. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. Even Kingdom Hearts fans know like this is complete garbage, <laughs> but but they love it anyway. And I did, too, for a time. But um, but it's, yeah, just just legitimizing it uh, like I'm sure they'll get an actress, you know, from to play Meryl if they even tell that story. And, you know, who's more appropriate for Snake's can we age. Just, can we make a distinction between depicting something and endorsing something? Because I feel like those two get conflated far too often these days. What's the difference, really? Can Can you elaborate? If I write a story about genocide, that does not mean I condone genocide. Okay. So are you saying, like, if you make a Metal Gear Solid movie, that doesn't mean you condone Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on. The, <laughs> I, I mean, if you're, if, if you're going to look at parts of Metal Gear Solid that might that might um, not uh, align well with contemporary sensibilities, but you still include that as an element of the story, that's not necessarily saying you condone those things. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so, and I'm kind of talking in circles. I really wasn't sure what I was trying to say, but it's just like I don't want the industry to look at Metal Gear Solid as the standard for video game storytelling. That's essentially okay, what, I, what I was trying to say. That's a, okay, and and yeah, that I would agree on. So that's my that's the point I wanted to make. Plus, I mean, Hollywood's kind of already been there, you know. I mean, right. Metal Gear Solid is essentially just, you know, uh, an elaboration on Escape from New York plus some other things. And it, it exists kind of as an homage to those movies in the first place. So we're so if we're going to look at Metal Gear Solid as the standard, if let's say you're right and Metal Gear Solid, the movie comes out and it sets a new standard for video game movies. We've entered this strange sort of cycle then where we've gone completely back to where we've started. You know, movies inspired Metal Gear and now Metal Gear is inspiring movies and now the Metal Gear movie is inspiring other video game movies. Like, where are we now? All right, so check it out. All right, so what do you think about this? Splinter Cell, the movie. That would work. That would work (laughs) That's weird, right? We just just have an instinct like, yeah, that makes sense. Metal Gear Solid doesn't. That's also Tom Clancy. That that has a foundation. I mean, we've already had, like, what? Fears, other stuff. It's not like you could not make a snatcher movie ever because it's already been done. Right. Good point. Yeah. I think, you know, with the Tom Clancy movie, we have a precedent. There's nothing. We have no basis for what a Metal Gear Solid movie looks like. So it would have to be something no one's ever seen before. And honestly, change scares me. Give it to Wes Anderson. (laughs) Don't give anything to that guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's taken enough of my ticket money. I've I've seen all his uh, Resident Evil movies, and you learn to appreciate him after you turn no, your brain no, off. No, no, that's that's Paul oh, wait. Anderson. Yeah, it's Paul W. Yeah. S. Anderson. What's aren't they related? <laughs> Are they? No, no, they're not. Uh, Fantastic Mr. No. Fox was great. Like I'm curious how that guy would direct an action movie. He'd have puppets, and. Uh, I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm okay right. with that. Hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. You're okay with a stop motion puppet Metal Gear Solid movie, but not a 3D anime yes. Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Yes, 100%. <laughs> that is where we left off the last episodes. Like, what about the anime, though? Because, can I can I tell you why? Because I, right, have yeah. far, I have far more respect for a Metal Gear movie that is trying to kind of piss off its fans more than right. I have respect for a Metal Gear movie that is trying to be cool for its fans. But Kojima already did that with five. He, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fantastic your, Mr. Foxhound. What's your what's your <laughs> <laughs> And we have our title. Boom. Um yeah, so the Metal Gear Solid anime, we we didn't elaborate on that, did we? No, I think the Metal Gear anime idea is a great one, but in my opinion, you would have to do a few specific things to make it work. You would have to no 3D. No 3D, please. I know you disagree with me on this, but I cannot stand this trend of anime that is 3D rendered. I think it just it it messes with my brain. I can see it and I can't unsee it and it looks wrong. And I only tolerate the new season of Ghost in the Shell because it's somewhat stylistically different from other 3D anime that's like trying to be 2D and this is just like, nah, we're we're just straight up 3D. Okay. So like I can kind of accept it on that level, but when they do this sort of like I don't want to call it stop motion, but there's an effect that they do where it's yeah. like... <laughs> it's this weird like blender effect where it's just like, ah, this looks like a Gary a Gary's mod thing. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you're watching a flip book. Like what it's they really did weird. with uh, with uh, End of the Spider-Verse? Uh, kind of, but that was done very intelligently. Because <laughs> yeah. that movie, is it only plays at 15 frames per second. I don't know if that would work for Metal Gear because the the style of animation and i don't necessarily mean the style of of the art but the animation the rate of animation like you said if it's only going at 15 frames or se- a second kind of lends itself to the comical tone of the film oh right and i okay. don't think that would work in metal gear the other thing would be i don't think if you're going to do a metal gear anime don't just do the stories we've seen make it an anthology series Go to different right. parts of the timeline. Go to different parts of the world. Look at characters you might not normally. You know, if you've ever seen like the Animatrix or, or to a lesser extent, that Batman animated collection they did when The Dark Knight came out. Yeah. Um, do that with Metal Gear, and and you can take my money. Days, you were going to say something? No, this went to like a hundred different places, and I, I had a response for like every single one of them. Um, but well, yeah. I'm I'm on the fence about about 3D because like while I love you know Into the Spider Verse Into the Spider Verse had like Sony resources whereas right. I don't know to what extent this Metal Gear anime series is gonna have uh, that being said I do agree on the whole concept of an anthology there's so many ideas and concepts that we haven't explored um, I actually was watching the original Metal Gear Rising trailer. Uh, a few days ago, the um, wrong one. <laughs> the the wrong one. You mean like why the one it? where it's like at the end, it's like wrong. Where they have oh. like Depeche Mode playing. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. With with the watermelon, right? No, that's don't they all have watermelons? The original was the Metal Gear Solid Rising trailer when it was still being oh. done in house. Oh, that one. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That one. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was rewatching it, and I think that was still. When it was under Kojima's team, and right. it was gonna be about uh, like Raiden rescuing Sunny, right? Yeah, that's that's one episode there. So I mean, let me tell you this: that script that was written for that game was finished and translated, and it is yeah. sitting on someone's desk right now. Right, definitely. What I would not give to have a look at that. Yeah, I, I mean, come on, uh, if if they did something like that for the animated series. And also I just, you know, last point about 3d. The only reason why I'm pro 3d is from a budget standpoint. The reason why studios do it is because it saves them money. Like hand-drawn animation is just ridiculously hard to do. That's why the first zone of the enders didn't do it. And then, and then when they got enough money to do the second runner, they, those, those 2d anime cutscenes took up the majority of the budget for that game. So what did you think of the Castlevania anime? Oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Right? It's so, like, so amazing. How did, but, how did that even happen? I heard the third season, like I heard the third season, like story-wise, kind of went to shit, but Dude, just, like, don't even Yeah, vis- don't, yeah, yeah we won't get into that. that but, oh, those were like sad tears. Oh shit. But visually uh, oh, oh wait, no no no. No, those were happy tears. But the third oh, okay. season, w- weird stuff goes down in the third yeah. season, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But uh I watched the first season and a little bit of the second. I, I liked what I saw. I like visually, like, yeah, if they do it in a style similar to that, I'd be fine with that. 
It's it's but. been a while since I've seen that series, but one thing I, I did appreciate about it was um oh god, I forget her name. I'm like blanking out on everything today. Uh but the lady that was actually just a statue in Castlevania three, like they find oh, right. her as a statue in season season one. And uh yeah, no, I, I just appreciate those little things and that's the type of thing that I would want in like the Metal Gear anime is you know, maybe those little options tidbits easter eggs yeah you know the that castlevania anime is kind of uh it's an outlier because it's rare that netflix will will put resources like that uh for one of their original anime series like the the he-man show that they're doing and and they did saint Seiya and all that ghost ghost in the shell thing those were all in 3d there's a ghost only in the like, shell still hurts me. Yeah. It's they, so it's good, rare. but man, I wish it was in 2d. I mean, we, we all do. Cause 2d just looks better, but I, I don't know how they were able to convince Netflix. So you're not you know saying, I mean? yeah. So you're not saying like you would prefer 3d just, you're being a pragmatist about it. Yeah. It's like, if it's going to be made and you, you got to do it like, if you don't have the resources to go 2D, then I will accept 3D. If you do it right, you know, it's like if it's bad, then obviously I'm, I'm going to uh, crucify it. But, oh, like they did with Dracula's wife. Oh. Hey. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah, it's. That first season of Castlevania is just, you know, chef's kiss, man. Yeah, I need to do some research because the fact that that show exists, it's it's like. It doesn't make any sense. So, but it is a Konami property, so they could absolutely do the same thing with Metal Gear. And, um, but here's the thing I don't know if I would want them to bring back the original voice cast. Hmm. Hmm. Hot take. Yeah. That's just me. I don't know what to think about that one. Especially if they do an anthology. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to have, you know, uh, Otacon come back as as what? A random guy? You bring in the original voice cast, but you don't make them central characters. Yep. And then once you do get those little tidbits of, like, you know, Christopher Randolph and David Hayter, because, yeah, I'm of the opinion that I don't want this to be framed around those characters, but I do want them there to establish a world, so to speak. Do you remember um, from the Animatrix, there was an episode called A Detective Story. It was in black and white. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it, it about... It, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you're probably going to say what I was going to say, where it was about this detective trying to investigate an issue and he's kind of getting drawn into the whole, wait a minute, none of this is real aspect of things. And yeah. Tr- Trinity shows up in, like, the last minute of it. Right, right. Okay. You know, as I just sort of, saying. like, he's sort of wandering into their story from the sidelines. Well, here's why I say I don't want to bring the original cast back. It's because we've seen enough of that story. That story's been told. The Metal Gear universe is so big and it has such potential. Like, let's talk, let's talk about the world where all these events took place, but on the other side of the globe. You know what I mean? I would like to see a Maybe story where, where, we, where we see the circumstances behind how Miller died. And maybe, yes. like, maybe like a good chunk of it is just Miller and Ocelot sitting in two armchairs talking while some sort of slow poison works its effect. Or I don't know. You could do all sorts of like interesting takes on these <laughs> some, situations. Raymond Benson like, already covered that for us. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, some like my dinner with Andre type situation. Yes, my, exactly. my dinner with Shalashaska. Uh, and like <laughs> you, you, I would love it in a way that like. The, the way it would be written is like you said, like you said, like he announces Ocelot announces like a slow acting poison and they have a conversation, but the climax would be instead of him getting killed by poison, they have some sort of gunfight or like showdown where they both have had a gun hidden the whole time. I don't know. Something right. like that. Yeah. So who voices Miller? Would it be Robin Atkin Downs or Cam Clark? Probably Robin. Yeah. Hmm. Cause that's cause that's no. I don't know. Did you like my sunglasses, Snake? I I hope that with the movie as well as the animated series, if if either of these things do manifest, 
that they are consulting not just the the you know anybody who worked on the writing team for the games that's still available right. but they're talking to members of the community even behind closed doors and and oh, not just relying it, well you would have to talk to the right people you know but well cuz here's what the floodgate you just opened so now I just let me let me finish my thought i just i hope they're not like getting inspiration from the metal gear wiki for example right like if that is what they're citing for things then we've got a lot to worry about at least it's not the silent hill wiki <laughs> so you were saying i can't say it without name and name so i won't but there's you know a couple prominent youtubers who would be hired as consultants on that project and i don't want them anywhere near it so oh, I, yeah yeah you know who i'm talking about yeah we um, don't have to say it everybody knows yeah so you know that's that's the floodgate um and that's that's the thing i don't want them to overthink it like just just tell us a good story and there's plenty of good stories to be told in this universe that haven't been told yet. I think we also have to accept that we're not the core audience for this. Good point. Yeah. Why am I complaining? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here wasting my breath like I'm, you know, you guys like make me is, care again. And this I don't, is I don't not like that. for us. This is for everybody else. Yeah. yeah. The studio's probably kind of just chopped us up into... It's going to cut it well. You know what else might not be for us? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Before we get into that, can I just say one thing? And I've, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and this might not be a popular view. I've gotten some words about this before, but I think that that point I was trying to make about how this isn't for us, you know? Yeah. If Konami would open up the, the the license of Metal Gear to anyone, you know, with certain credentials to start creating uh let me let me put it like this. You know how Star Wars for the longest time had its expanded universe, and I guess now it's called right, Legends yeah. or whatever they want to call it, right? But you had yeah. all of these essentially non-canon slash quasi-canon side stories that people would write about things to to, you know, add on to what was already there and to go in new directions. And I think we need a metal gear expanded universe where it's not Canon, but people can freely write things about the universe using parts of it semi-officially. And, and that'll kind of give us more uh, interesting stuff than just, you know, hoping the movie doesn't flounder. I've got another idea. I would love an episode that would be like a fly in the room when they're making the choice to initiate project less advanced terribles. Okay. Less advanced <laughs> terribles that no, me and my friends used to always joke. Me and my friends used to joke about Troy Baker's pronunciation of that. Right. In Metal Gear Solid five. So I can no longer <laughs> say it correctly anymore. I always say it. Less advanced terribles. <laughs> So. Which, I don't know why we didn't bring that up in the Last of Us 2 episode, but there we go. I'm Revolver Ocelot. I'm a Russian national. We used, to al- so. we used to always joke that, like, Kojima played the original Last of Us, put down the controller, and was like, call Troy Baker. We need him for this. So... <laughs> <laughs> that idea intrigues the hell out of me, because I'm a huge fan of that Jeff Goldblum movie, The Fly. And that opens up the possibility where you have a fly in the room at the outside of the project and Liquid Snake is half fly. <laughs> it's like I'm a okay twist. with this. <laughs> Did you like my wings, Snake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you going God. to eat that snake? <laughs> that, oh, that's just random garbage on the ground. This <laughs> is... Now that's the movie I want to see. I landed on your sandwich and pooped <laughs> eggs on it, Snake. Those rations are no good to anyone now. <laughs> oh my god. See, this is why. First one's free, not- Jordan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just hire us to make the movie. We'll we'll do a good job. We'll sweet it. Um 
I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something else prominent. Well, that's what Mega 64 did, didn't they? They essentially sweeted yeah. Metal Gear Solid. Sweeted? Yeah, it's like a low budget uh where like everything's kind of Oh yeah. Just, yeah, have you ever seen a uh, Be Kind Rewind? Together. I love that movie. And I saw the Mega 64 uh, Metal Gear thing. I thought that was great. The stuntman that was playing Raiden was was really really pro. Shouts out. You know what's really funny? Um and I'm I'm ashamed to admit this, but when I was a kid, I would try and make MIDI music. I had like my my little MIDI synthesizer Program, Never be ashamed make, for making music. That's commendable. Well, I tried to make like the alert music from MGS2, like the just the yeah. first part of it before like the full alert kicks off. Right. And I and I and I made it as well as I could. And I was like, yeah, this is this is all right. And so I submitted it to like VGmusic.com. And I remember that. Yeah. And so you can still look that up and find it. And uh Mega64 used that MIDI in that video. <laughs> <laughs> As a joke. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Oh my god. And I laughed for like a half hour. That's amazing. I would be oh, flattered. Oh man. Just, it was the best. I'm happy for you. It, it, yeah, it, just, like you, it made me so happy. That's freaking, that's like a, that's a huge deal, honestly. Um,. I was going to say about the Metal Gear Extended Universe, uh, while I think the idea has potential, and I know we compare Metal Gear to Star Wars all the damn time, I don't think Metal Gear Solid warrants an extended universe, like, on think? that scale. On that scale where, like, anybody who's, like, has a, a publishing deal or an agent can, you know, get the rights to make officially licensed Metal Gear material. I think it does just with the, the technology that's in, in the universe. Like, it's got some really neat military tech. So I think it on that alone, it kind of can stand. Like, even without yeah, the characters. I could write, like, three stories on SOP alone. Yeah, and exactly. And to be fair, <clears throat> Star Wars does not need that much of an extended universe. I think it depends on your fandom. Like, how rabid and feral they are. It's a big galaxy. And Metal Gear fans, in my experience, are are they can be vocal, but you know, there's no Metal Gear Con. You have con- conventions dedicated to Star Wars, but nothing like that just for Metal Gear. I just I, I like both universes. I just have an issue. I don't know if you've ever okay. If you're a fan of Red Letter Media, like one of my favorite videos from them is it's them going to this this one of these like. Darth Vader fact books and looking up the oh, top yeah. <laughs> 10 facts. Yeah, so you know what video I'm talking about. And and the, yeah. I, the, the message I got out of that video was that Star Wars explains far too much because, like you said, there is a, a whole army of fans who are willing to put in the work and give these companies a product to sell. And and that that's my biggest fear for Metal Gear is that I don't want things to be... Like, as much as I want the universe to be explored... I don't want things to be over-explained. Yeah, I don't and that would be know. the counterpoint to what I said about the expanded universe is that the more you add on to Metal Gear, arguably the more you cheapen it. Well, okay, to the point about back to Star Wars, uh, it reminds me of something back to Red Letter Media as well that Rich Evans had said about Star Wars, I think during the, the Rogue One review, and how it was like, Star Wars is a series with a lot of potential, but it always sticks to, you know, the formula. It always sticks to Jedi. It always sticks to Sith versus Jedi. It always sticks to, like, AT-ATs and, and, and X-Wings and shit like that and the dark side versus the light side and all that shit. When yeah. there's, there's, there's a, lot of univer- a lot of universe that, that fans would like to explore, but, you know, continue to just kind of compound details onto these already existing components. That is what I fear for if we try to make this Metal Gear expanded universe. Hmm. The Metal Gear wiki writ large, essentially. <laughs> the the top ten <clears throat> facts about uh, Raiden's exoskeleton. I mean, but a lot of that's uh, already there in like the the actual concept art for the games, the stuff that you know right. Yoji Shinkawa did. If you like look through that, that shit is very very detailed. And then the the codec conversations, like every equipment and you know. Weapon piece, but it's has. not coming from like an obsessive place. It's coming from a oh yeah, this would be cool place. You yeah, know? it's it's a fine line between world building and 
and oversharing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm the opposite because I want to know more details about the skull suit and, you know, the, the like the difference between that and the sneaking suit. And if it has rubber soles, then why do electrical panels still electrocute you? Like, you, you know, you got to you got to explain that stuff. Now you got me thinking about that. Shouldn't need to have a Nikita launcher. You're like, why do I need a Nikita launcher? I'm wearing rubber shoes, you dumbass. Here's the thing to think about. You know the uh, the elevator scene in MGS1 when there's like the four guys on it and that's like setting off the weight limit? I love yeah. that scene. Yeah. What a weak-ass elevator. <laughs> right? It's a cargo <laughs> elevator. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's something, that's like a big plot hole for me. Look, I'm just saying, this isn't first grade math class, but that elevator was probably built by a first grader. Yeah. You know who it was built by? It was built by Gray Fox. Because <laughs> fighting's the only thing, the only thing he's good at. <laughs> he's not good at building <laughs> he's elevators. Such a man. <laughs> probably built I'm by Otacon. Otacon was like, I had to give it a weakness. I had a really bad one. I couldn't pass <laughs> physics. Oh, I tried oh. to build the, the popsicle stick elevator. It didn't work. Otacon probably heard Sniper Wolf say like, Oh, you know, if only I could have an elevator on these towers to get my dogs up there easier. He's like, I can do it. <laughs> and he built it out of Legos, like Kojima did with the Metal Gear 1 and 2's levels. Anyway. <laughs> we can go back to Metal Gear 1 for a little bit, because, I don't know, for me, that, that game's got a lot of neat stuff. Um, it, like, even the NES version has some neat stuff to it, too. Like, the for its time, like, the amount of inventory that you had in that game, there's a lot to it. And that, that was another game where you could kind of play out of order. Um, you could kind of, like, break the sequence a little bit. Um, I don't know. Have you ever done that, Nitroid? A little. It mostly has to do with like the um, the gar- the hostage placements. Yeah, yes. Yeah. There's not too much you can sequence sequence break in um, Metal Gear One or Two because it's still tied to a pretty linear. Path. On the NES version, I'm talking about that one. Um, you, that one you can play out a sequence with a couple of parts. No, I didn't know. Yeah, that. a couple. I'm trying to think. It's been a really long time since I played the NES version. I can uh, I can get my cousin's account on that. He knows like exactly the parts to because he can play that game by uh, memory and <laughs> doesn't need like a walkthrough of any sorts. But yeah, he he can like speed run it. I think it's funny that you can um, prevent yourself from being able to win the game if you accidentally kill a hostage. Oh, when you unrank yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That's the way I always know how to look at the uh, the difference between the two. If I'm looking at a screenshot, if it's rank, I kind of go, ah, oh, it's rank, it's the NES one. But if it has class, I know that's that MSX version. It's got class. Didn't they? They didn't localize that hmm? for the 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 re the re-release. They I didn't change can... it to rank like it should be. I forget. It's just differences, just slight ones, which is funny because. With what you mentioned earlier about how the manual mentions like Vermin Katafi and Commander South is your is your CO and all that, um, none of that is in the actual game. It still yeah. talks about like big boss, <laughs> big boss and, and stuff. Yeah, it's just the instruction. Right. I just out of nowhere I remembered the manual for Metal Gear Two has details on the physical fitness test that Foxhound members have to go through. Oh yeah, that shit's so, tough. It starts with like eighty push-ups. Uh, yeah, uninterrupted. Yep. You know, fifty kilometer hike with with like a fifty pound rucksack. You know, it goes into crazy detail about stuff that like does not matter at all. But I love so, it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those right. people so that like, I do enjoy that. I'm like, all right, so what, what is their training regimen? What y'all <laughs> I eating? loved just yeah. calling eating good? Uh, Nastasha over and over in the codec just to hear her talk about like weapons and oh yeah and, and nuclear deterrence yeah. and it was really interesting. So I don't know, Days. I feel like people might want uh, to know about, you know, the what buttons on. What's the equivalent of Darth Vader's suit in Metal Gear Solid? It would be Solidus's. Solidus is Darth Vader, isn't he? Probably Gray Fox. You think so? Look, I, I I think people do want to know about the suit. They don't want to know about George Sears Sears reconstructive surgery hospital. I want to know if George Sears <laughs> ran as a Republican or a Democrat. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he was uh, libertarian. Yeah, I always pictured Get him it? as like a Ross Perot type. With like you think he was charts. independent? Uh, He's like a libertarian not, type. That's that's yeah. kind of, yeah. Get it? Sons of libertarian? That's where I was going, yep. <laughs> you met me there. 
I always picture, like, Solidus in between the time of him, like, managing child soldiers and him being president. Like, he took, like, <laughs> community college political science classes. <laughs> Did he even go to school? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, happy uh, birthday, Metal Gear. Uh, Metal Gear 2, specifically. Ghost of Tsushima. Who's played it? Anybody? Nope. I have not. Nobody's played it. Played like a tiny bit, but not enough to like justify an opinion about it. Other than, you know, of course, the gaming dialogue about it. Right. Yeah. It's worth talking about, even though none of us have played it, because uh, it's going to win possibly game of the year, because that's how these things go. It'll definitely be a. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Do you think Neil Druckmann's head will explode if that happens? I think Neil Druckmann has a lot more to worry about in his life than Game of the Year right now. Um, I'm sure what I meant to say was I'm sure Last of Us 2 will win, but Ghost of Tsushima will be nominated at least, and it'll be a close second. Um, and so, you know, that's going to influence how games are made for the next five to ten years. So, But they're already so samey. Too bad it's, yeah, I was about to say, it's already been five, ten years they've been made like this. I think that's the reason I'm not too excited about it. I mean, it's got some unique properties like the the duel and the, I guess, the different, like, weapon stances and stuff, but... The duel? You mean like they did in Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, but it's with swords, so it's different. Oh, it's with swords now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's what you're going to see. Instead of having waypoints on a mini-map, you're going to be guided by the wind. Oh, shit. Ooh, there's a fox. Oh, the fantastic Mr. Fox. And there he is again. Look, look, and, look. He, and he takes you to your, your destination. So the duels, I haven't seen much of those. I'm going to play it. I just don't know too much about the game. Are the duels, how are those handled? Is it like Bushido Blade or? No, which would be sick. And I wish they would make more games like that, but they never do. Sadness. Yeah, that one's, that one's a classic. Wait, okay, Daze, you're the only one who's actually played a little bit of it. Have you been in a, in a duel? No. Yeah, here's what I've seen of it. There's like, you have a, like the, you can do a showdown, and then you have to wait for, for your opponent to make a move, and then you do, it's kind of like a quick time event, and then you kill them immediately. But it's not like you're using your distance angling and timing to try and strike a critical point like in Bushido Blade, which would be so freaking cool, but... uh yeah. So it's just uh, a, but, a quick time, just like really quick. You just have to react. Yeah, it's essentially, it's just a quick time event. From what I've seen, I could be wrong. And if uh, if you've played the game, let us know in the comments, because I'm not really sure. I saw some footage that showed the main character navigating some tight spaces, but he was like snapping to the environment so you couldn't fall off. And it just, I hate mm. that. <laughs> I also hate falling off environments too, though, so... I can I can see that on both sides. Yeah, the worst game to do that was the original Max Payne, where it was like, really, guys? Can I get some invisible walls? You're just wasting my time. Um, but it depends. It can be done tastefully. During the nightmare sequence? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know the one. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to complain too much because I haven't played the game and I really want to give it a shot. So the interesting dialogue, that the dialogue that I've seen... Or I guess because you know every 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 game now has to have some sort of like controversial point is that right. it is a Western developer making a story about Eastern history. It's a historical yeah. fiction about history, and somebody's probably going to like shit on me in the comments and whatever. But I thought that 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 that, that controversy was interesting because one thing I like about Metal Gear and by extension a lot of Eastern develop games is their kind of quirky interpretation of the West. Um, for instance, oh, you know, Metal Gear with action movies, uh, like Capcom and Resident Evil with like slasher films and small towns or small cities. Um, right. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to suggest that the Western developers are going to make, you know, Eastern history quirky, but it's kind of interesting to see the roles reversed and it'll see to see kind of the end result of it. It's doing really well in Japan too, isn't it? Yeah, I heard that. Like, I think so. There's a lot of good reviews coming from from Japanese reviewers. Um, a lot of people are are appreciating IGM Japan, I guess, because 
they were like the first people to give The Last of Us 2 a 70 or something like that. And then they had like high reverence for Ghost of Tsushima last time I checked. I'm not sure. So has there been any conversation in Japan? I'm sure there has, but but have you heard any conversation as to how they feel about it in terms of, of authenticity? I have. Um, so... Famitsu, the the biggest for people who don't know, it's the biggest video game publication in Japan. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is the first uh, first game made outside Japan. Uh, not the first; it's the third. Sorry, the third game made outside Japan to get a perfect score. Uh, perfect scores for Famitsu used to be a big deal, um, but then publishers just started purchasing those directly from Famitsu. So if a game gets was a per- it Death Stranding, one of them? Yeah, sure, it was. Sony put up the money. Yeah. Uh, and they got the perfect score. It sure was. So, but games made outside Japan, it doesn't happen very often. And Ghost of Tsushima was the is number three. And so, um, here's the thing that I think is really weird and awkward is the fact that in each of their reviews, because they do, they have a four review system. Like they, each reviewer does one paragraph, and then they just it's they're really brief sentences. Like the the game has good atmosphere. Uh, you know, this game uh, has combat mechanics. It's <laughs> so, like a tagline. Yeah. Yeah, just like really quick blurbs that you can put on the back of a box easily. Um, and so like it's like almost like a like four Twitter reviews. Imagine that. Um, and so and then, you know, with the score, it, the game got four ten. So a perfect score for Famitsu is 40 points. Uh, and um, in each of the, these reviews, because what's happened, what's weird with Famitsu is that you'll see people start to repeat or like it's the same point, but reworded slightly. So it looks like they didn't copy. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, but um, but in each of the, the reviews for this game, they all mentioned that it didn't feel like anything was out of place, which I thought was awkward because, like, all your base are belong to us wasn't that long ago. That was, like, that really wasn't that long ago. You see, I mean, I, I was hoping to get more laughs than that, but whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just didn't get where you're going with it. No, we were just like, oh, that's okay, fascinating. <laughs> oh, so Japan interprets Western ideas and culture constantly. Uh, like Metal Gear, Resident Evil, these are prominent examples, but like any game that's made by a Japanese studio that takes place in the West, there's weird things that don't sync up with how that country actually is. And so the fact that anybody's commenting that this game, this Western game that depicts Japanese culture, like it has to be, I guess it's a matter of like, Sony has resources to, to, to make sure Sucker Punch does their homework. Unlike, you know, Blizzard and the clusterfuck that they performed with, uh, with Overwatch, you know, they botched pretty much every culture they tried to portray. But, you know, there, there's no excuse if you have, if you're putting a hundred million dollars towards a game, there's no excuse for messing it up, right? And so that's why people are, they're looking for reasons to be angry. But there aren't any. The Jap- all the, the, ja- the Japanese reviewers that are playing this game, they're like, this is great. Nothing feels like it's out of place. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a historian, but, um, but yeah, I don't feel... Yeah, I mean, let's not pretend like games have to be like 100% historically accurate. I mean, that's just... Exactly. A it's a video concept. game. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay. But it does look like it's done like respectfully in that regard, like you know. Yeah. So yeah. that aside, um, I mean, that's what the reviewers are saying. But have you heard anything from like just regular players and what they think? All of the the negativity is coming from like Western gamers that are trying to be angry on behalf of Japanese people who say it's fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing like it, it can it can be a little like that, you know, the Assassin's Creed type where it's just like a big old map with different regions and you're like checking off the different activities and I don't know. I, I guess that's just like the open world type of game. So to to complain about a genre being a genre is kind of weird. Uh yeah, it oh, just, there is stealth in it, right? Yeah. All right, well. A lot of this stuff just seems to me like it's coming off of an assembly line. There was one comment that uh you know, the, the speech is a little too fast for that period of, of time in Japan. But other than that... Mm, it kind of sounds like a case of, like, when you have, like, Roman movies and everybody has a British accent. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but they have a full Japanese voice cast for that game. They they didn't... Uh, no expense was spared. 
They also have the uh, Kurosawa mode, which is pretty sweet. That's they, yeah. uh, they make it black and white and do some stuff with like the uh, the lens to make it kind of look more like his films. Yeah, I hear the like it has a its own soundtrack, the Kurosawa mode. Yeah, yeah, they kind of compress it a little bit, and make it sound a little more distorted, just like that tape that I, tape reel feel. Yeah. Am I the only one who finds that kind of tasteless? I I mean they actually consulted his estate and got the go ahead to do it so sure okay i guess i mean what does that ultimately mean uh really? another you... filter mode that's yeah you know, it's just i yeah. i i think i i don't yes. see a problem with that i think that's neat i think that's a cool thing to do if with this type of game you... You, there's plenty okay, of filter modes just... in like other games where it's like retro mode and you could play uncharted in like 8-bit mode make it look like shit but <laughs> you know those are just like fun things for me i think and that is cool that they got permission too. That's like, that's they seem like a very respectful right. team. It's a shame that everybody's I trying guess. to point the finger at them. It Here's just what they're not respecting. Of, it just seems like kind of reductionist to me, but that maybe that's just me. Well, to the point you, you guys were making a, a minute ago, the thing that they're not respecting is my time. We got another open world game, yeah. <laughs> collect a thon, you know, follow the fox to pick up this plant so you can craft. What uh, and you know an arrow throwing there's stars? Gonna, yeah, there's a lot of like, sk- there's a bunch of skill trees and upgrade things you can do. No, you can I don't want your- a skill. I shouldn't have to unlock the ability to stab you. I'm a ninja. Yeah, stab from air, stab from you horseback. Know? You know, make the yeah, open world stuff ruined, more uh, fun. I I don't know. I I'm gonna play it. I I you know I might get a little bored with it. It might get a little samey, but I think that's just how video games roll these days, especially when they go so open days, world. Um. Days, you've played some of it. Have you played uh, Sekiro? Yeah, I've played Sekiro. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, yeah, you know, can tell, I don't know how to pronounce that, but um, how you would you... You actually con- said it better than Days did, now yeah. that I'm digging on Days. Uh, no, 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 I just- <laughs> I have a, I'm from the South, like, I realize I fuck up shit with my accent at school. I get it. That, yeah, no, that was actually my first <laughs> criticism about Ghost of Tsushima was don't call it that. No one's going to be able to say it right. <laughs> well, what so, I wanted to ask was how do these two games compare? In terms of what? Combat, Just, I think, yeah, right? Like, how, Yeah, how would, you, how would you compare the combat between the two? Okay, don't laugh at me because this is kind of the reason why I'm leaning more towards Sekiro than... Uh, than Ghost right now, but Ghost sort of feels like, to me, a weird combination of, like, you know, of course, that sort of stereotypical skill-based combat that you see in these type of AAA games. What the combination of, like, Dynasty Warriors, I, don't, I, I guess? Whereas Sekiro feels a lot, to me, like a rhythm game. Um, yeah, deliberate wow. swings and dodges and stuff. Definitely more Dark Souls type. Okay. Yeah, but there's also like button. I mean, there's like visual indicators that you're right. It is a lot like a rhythm game, like Guitar Hero almost. I never even would have. That's wow. It it reminds me. I don't know if you guys ever played the harmonics game uh, Amplitude or oh, yeah. uh, Frequency, but like you could. One of the control schemes on there is like using R one to like do the. You think it was like the middle note or whatever. It kind of reminded right. me of that. So okay. I always tell my friends, like, you guys are playing a rhythm game when you play Sekiro. Yeah, Not that makes sense. Kind of are. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's, I wouldn't be surprised if there was influence from Sekiro in Ghost of Tsushima, but. Um, it almost looks more like middle, uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Shadow of Mordor type game. Like, that's kind of what the combat looks like to me. It's more just like you're kind of smashing away using your skills and. Slowly upgrading. I completely forgot about that game. I fr- I freaking love those uh, Middle Earth yeah. games. And if if Ghost of Tsushima is like that, then maybe I need to pick it up because uh, I didn't mind picking up pipe weed in in Shadow of Mordor. So so I can pick up a, a leaf or or two, craft some you know pointless arrow that I may or may not use. Because apparently by the towards the end of the game, uh, stealth becomes you become so powerful that it doesn't make sense to do stealth anymore. You can just you just raid camps and <laughs> and one shot everybody. And that's what I'm worried about with this game is like okay, so I played it a little bit. I, I played it a little bit with a friend, right? 
And yeah. like I said, my brief time with it, that's not enough for me to justify any sort of opinion. But my concern with that is I pick up the game. I, I like the combat enough where I pick up the game. I want to go at it in depth, but then I discover that, you know, it's still a triple A game and the difficulty is still at a point where I don't need to even learn any of that to effectively beat the game. If that makes sense. Right. Like it's easier to just to mash buttons than to than to put in the opportunity cost of learning all these skills. And I that's one thing I hate about like these skill tree based combat games. Yeah, you're fine with like just like the base level stuff. stuff pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's Assassin's Creed for me. Like I never mm. use like the smoke but you know just like all the darts and it's just like no just run up and hit them with sword and counter all these guys imagine if mgs5 had a skill tree mm, kind of I mean, did with the equipment that you locked out does, yeah yeah i don't know i mean but like equipment tree yeah that's yeah equipment but but uh ghost of tsushima has stuff where like there are moves that you know, actual gameplay mechanics. Because if you unlock a new weapon in MGS5, you still are just pointing and shooting. Yeah. But imagine if you had to unlock the ability to aim. Yeah. Well, Metal Gear Survive did that, though. They uh, they hid moves behind a skill tree, actually. And that's what a lot of people were like, this game controls like shit. And I was like, that's because you don't have all the moves yet. And they actually should have put a lot of these in the base set of moves. But, like, the evade and the running swing and all that stuff was stuff that you unlocked a couple levels in so i I was actually going to bring up like if if metal gear solid 5 did have sort of that one-to-one on par with that skill tree type system you it would be a few hours before big boss could like actually do a dive he would probably like only crawl at like or do that little crawling walk at like half speed and have to like skill tree in order to get the the, the max speed um that slow motion shit like this sounds terrible. <laughs> you, could, you could skill yeah. tree into like making it longer. I don't know. I, I kind of like that in, in like a in a like an experience kind of route. Like like how San Andreas, you know, just like the more you did it, you know, the more stuff you did that way, it kind of made you sharper at it. Oh yeah, like San Andreas, like Morrowin. That'd be neat as like a mod, but yeah, it'd be annoying as a main gameplay thing. Well, I mean, you could always just level up your grip meter and be like riding and be proud of your grip. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm thinking if you were to take a game like Super Metroid and have a skill tree, that game wouldn't possibly work. Because there's a lot of gameplay mechanics in that game that, like, you have the ability to do, but you don't discover how to do them until they're introduced to you or, or until you experiment, right? And that's... The MGS5 has moves, moves like that, like the dolphin dive, the way that you can you can transition from standing to diving to prone really quickly. And if you do that in rapid succession, you essentially hop around the map like a dolphin. Uh, And it's a good way to like stay beneath enemies eyesight and also move along the ground really quickly. But you, you don't know you can do that unless you experiment and you try stuff out. If that ability was locked behind an experience point wall, then I mean, and that's here's here's the reason why game developers do that. It's padding to make the make you grind or play the game longer so that, you know, the reviewers can say, oh, it took me 40 hours to beat this game. And then and because that's going to influence some people to to actually plop down their money. And I'm against that practice. So in that regard, I think MGS5 is actually a brilliant game. And I, you know that uh, maybe I, I should give it a lot less crap than I do because it did get that that right. Yeah, and unlocking your base and just, like, customizing that, that was, that was like, a cool experience, especially, you know, involving the multiplayer asset of it of, like, all right, I'm going to make this base hard to get into. Right. That, was, that was fun. Those, those were good days. Even uh, to a, another extent, like, I didn't feel like Death Stranding's progression was, you know, your stereotypical AAA in fact, I feel like it was a, it was a huge point of its contention and its divisiveness where you start off just sort of like walking, kind of struggling on the terrain. Right. But it's not like you never feel like you're and then of course you upgrade, you know, to the to the better suits and the in the better you know, better cargo carriers and things like that. But I never felt like like that was padding to any degree. It always felt like a reaction or a proactive react or a, a pro reaction to like some sort of challenge coming up 
rather than yeah they paced that well i thought yeah, yeah. hmm well okay yeah ghost of tsushima i i just i'm i want to play it but at the same time I, I don't know if i have the resolve to finish it that might be where it lies with me too that's how i feel about a lot of AAA games like spider-man is still sort of oh, up I'll in finish the air Spider-Man. as i finish it i platinum that i was I don't give a shit. Spider-Man, that game can reach through the screen, slap me in the face. I'll be like, thank you, Spider-Man. May I have another, sir? <laughs> but that's that's only because it's Spider-Man. Me, me and Spidey go way back. 